Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Sun Sports Football Podcast. I'm Derek McGregor. With me is Kenny Miller. Kenny, you well? Good, Derek. Thanks. Plenty to talk about today. You know, more dramatic headlines in the world of Scottish football. Mixu Patalainen, as expected, has now officially been axed by Dundee United, Kenny. No surprise. That was the feeling he was going to go within 48 hours of relegation being confirmed. Any sympathy at all for Mixu, Kenny? I think Dundee United are an unmitigated shambles and it's been a recipe for ruin from top to bottom of that club. And no, I don't have any sympathy for Mixu. I thought he was a bad fit following his appointment. I remember him at Hibs as a, a lovely big guy, but just someone who I didn't think was was a manager. His record since he's been in Tannadice has been terrible. And it's it's amazing how Dundee United have followed the Hibs blueprint to failure from the chairman downwards, but Mixu especially. There are so many parallels with, with Terry Butcher and the way he dragged Hibs into the championship. 30 games in charge, 17 defeats. Definitely the feeling is he he made Dundee United worse. Uh, Obviously inherited a bad situation from Jackie McNamara. But did you think he still had time from then on, Kenny, to to, to ease them away from relegation? He had plenty of time. And he also had the flexibility to bring in, I think, eight or nine new players, even though they were journeymen. He would leave people out for weeks on end. Your Cole Donaldson's and Chris Erskine's then inexplicably dragged them back. The club spent nearly £200,000 in Robbie Muirhead who had the best view of the games from his seat in the stand as an unused squad member he had John Souter who was deemed not good enough to start for Dundee United at centre-back but he's got a clutch of Man of the Match awards from Hearts for the same position I mean I, I, I could go on and on he spent weeks trying to get Kawashima who's, who's been I don't want to say he's been hopeless but maybe just a level above that I mean far, you're, you're struggling to find a single positive from his, his time in charge apart from great quotes for us I mean, he, he, very quickly into his period of manager as well, he slated United. I mean, I, I think people were stunned that there was an element of, you know, well, it's kind of hard to argue with what he's saying. However, he's just in the door. Clearly, Stephen Thompson brought him in hoping he would lift the squad. And yet, within weeks, he's, I mean, he's, he's machine gunned him. It's cheap because, as I say, Terry Butcher did the same thing at Hibs. You walk in and you immediately lose the dressing room, half of whom are out of contract in the, the summer anyway. So they're not going not gonna to play for him. The, the day where it really stuck out for me is the one when they hammered Kilmarnock in, in the week of the dressing room inquests. And even though they just slaughtered Kilmarnock at Tannadice, there was clearly no love between Mixu and the players. It was a very weird post-match press conference from a, a team that had won, I think it was 4-1 or 5-1 that day. Strangely, that was the day where I thought they were in real trouble. The, the recruitment clearly as you've nailed them with uh, was nowhere near good enough Kenny I mean a lot of players who just did not contribute at all you have to presume that they've come in in decent money you know that's a vital part of a manager's job recruitment and you know it just did not work Jackie McNamara doesn't get off with that because he signed some bad players but he had just enough credit in the bank from his, his previous work Mix who had a kind of pick and mix approach to the waves and strays I think he tried to be like 
a, a womble of football management. He was looking to find value in things that other people had discarded, and it just it just didn't work. A womble of football management. I like that, Kenny. I like that. I'm not sure it'll stick, and yet he's a big guy, so <laughs> I should probably attribute that to someone else. But it just it just didn't work. And he had. I also think the thing that's been overplayed is that they're they're almost too good to go down, or there are good players in there. There aren't that many good players in there. And I think that's been shown. Should have had enough to stay up, but I'm not convinced there is much in there. Mick Shute Kilmarnock earned a lot of credit for the calibre of football, and uh, they did a reasonable job at Kilmarnock. But his tenure at Dundee United, where do you think that leaves him in terms of maybe potential other posts in Scottish football? Is, is, do you think that's him finished in our top flight? That's where I feel sorry for him, is that I think it would be difficult for him to get another job at that level. You have to wonder how much of his success at Kilmarnock was down to Kenny Shields because I saw a lot of the same ingredients at Hibs when he, when he was in charge there all the stuff about direct football you miss out the midfield you're playing off second balls some of the man management if you fell out with him or if you were deemed a scapegoat it was very hard to change his opinion I don't see where he, where he reappears now in, in Scottish football Dundee United go to Inverness on Friday not particularly a fixture I'm sure they're looking forward to as such after you know massive hangover have been relegated by of all teams Dundee we have to believe that at the moment Gordon Young's still in place Dave Bowman is still in the dugout scene and as our colleague Robert Thompson has revealed that Sean Dillon is now poised to be involved in a kind of caretaker capacity do United have to make an appointment soon or do they just see out the season and take their time over the summer I think every penny's going to be a prisoner for them so you wouldn't be surprised if they let it limp on until the summer just for the sake of saving a a few quid. I think it would almost be more offensive to United's fans if they turned in a performance on Friday night because how often do you see that a team when the pressure's off suddenly produce and all of a sudden the players cl- clench fists and um, no, nah, I've, I've no t- I've no time for that at all. But they, it's crucial they, they make the right appointment and for me it's a no-brainer. Just go out and get Ray McKinnon or if you're going to imagine it of Ian Catherall but I think Ray, Ray McKinnon's the, the obvious choice. I have to say, I, I, I feel particularly sorry for Wraith Rovers with the timing of all of this because no doubt Ray McKinnon, I think, is looking the main man because of the job he's done with Wraith. He, he's taken him into the playoffs, the, the first leg of which this evening against Hibs, and yet this now totally overshadows that. Suddenly the Wraith both are worried that they're going to be losing their manager, they're going to be concerned that there's a focus now lost from a massive game for Wraith. United, you would hope, if indeed they're going to move for Ray McKinnon, would show a bit of respect to Raytheon. I'm not sure did United think that way. I remember earlier in the season when they played Airdrie in the in the cup, and the day before the game they put in a bid for the Airdrie goalkeeper, which I thought at the time was was poor and unnecessary. So I'm not sure United have it in them to to think that way. And you saw the way Jackie McNamara was sacked with a, an envelope in Stephen Thompson's pocket post match. So tactfulness is not exactly a. No, a forty. It's not not in great supply, but I think the the one thing Wraith can be guaranteed of is that Ray McKinnon will be a hundred percent focused on the playoffs. Spent some time with him earlier in the week. There's a lot of contrary to Mixuni's players, a lot of love there between Ray McKinnon and the players. He's worked wonders, and I don't think anyone at Wraith would begrudge him the opportunity. It's just about timing. Can you look beyond Ray McKinnon in terms of the United job, Kenny, or is is, is he the standout candidate? I think he should be the standout candidate because they're not going to have much to play with and you talked about recruitment rightly earlier on, he's going to have to rebuild an entire squad on a budget, and you look at the way he's, he's done that at Wraith Rovers with, with no money. Peter Houston talks about a small budget at Falkirk. Ray McKinnon's is a fraction of that again, and uh, take an 18-year-old rookie like Ryan Hardy from Rangers, he's, 
he's done well out of him so no he, he is the man just go and get him United have finished bottom they're, they're, I mean they're, they're, they're well adrift at the bottom they deserve to go down no question about it however big loss for the top flight Dundee United I've never really bought into this big club thing You not with United specifically the same applies to Hibs you, you finish where you deserve to finish the league table never lies if you're a his, historically a big club I'm not sure I'm not sure if that really matters look at Ross County and Inverness they are where they are on merit and that's what a league that's what a league tells you so no I've no, no sympathy for them at all for the supporters sorry I, f- I feel sorry for the supporters because to turn up at the derby knowing what was in store they're the only ones that I feel sorry for you can watch the goals from all the big SPFL games on the website at thescottysun.co.uk slash sport Great Robert Hibbs Ladbrokes Premiership playoff quarterfinal first leg Kenny you know psychologically Hibbs finishing third condemning them to another two games how difficult a game is this they're obviously going to clearly be favourites but Wraith that is a that is a tricky game for Hibs. I think since the close of the transfer window, Wraith are the best record of any team in the championship. And that's with Ray McKinnon rotating players. I'll I'll save everybody a lot of time and, and money for the next this is what's gonna happen. Hibs are gonna beat Wraith Rovers narrowly over the two legs and they're gonna to lose to Falkirk, who will go on and beat Kilmarnock. Hibs will then win the Scottish Cup. So that saves us weeks of build-up. Stunning forecasting, Kenny, stunning, absolutely stunning. Bold, very bold, <laughs> Kenny, very impressed. But does the Scottish Cup satisfy the Hibs fans or would they be taking it worse the fact that they didn't get back into the top flight? If you think purely as a supporter you'd be sucked in by the romanticism but the the blunt reality is that Hibs have to go up by hook or by crook or there'll be some serious serious questions to be asked in the summer about budgets. So no. Manager? Well personally I think the manager's going to go either way. Even if they go up? That's my own opinion. I I think Alan Stubbs might, it's just a gut feeling, I think he might call time on Hibs this summer. So he may feel that if they go up it's still a good time for him to go purely a gut feeling I just wouldn't be surprised if Alan Stubbs decided to walk away from Hibs either way and play the family card because he does live away from his family again that's not based on anything other than big talking Kenny big <laughs> it's talking, not based yeah. on anything other than a gut feeling big talking but he will, he'll be desperate to get Hibs up because Hibs have been Hibs have been great with him they've given him everything he's asked for and I think this is the first time in years, and certainly in my memory, that you can say that Hibs board hasn't failed the manager. And I think he would accept if they don't get up that he would have failed them. With such striking forecasting, can you offer many lottery numbers for the weekend, Kenny? Not a bit in mind. <laughs> I'm going to stay away from those vices. Enough of one. <laughs> Looking ahead to the weekend games, United are down. We now look at the playoff scenario. You've got Kilmarnock, Hamilton. Partick Thistle Hamilton go to Dundee you know Dundee will absolutely flying tremendous win over United for a number of reasons Kilmarnock devastatingly good performance over Hamilton at the weekend how do you see this playoff scenario panning out I mean do you see Kilmarnock moving closer to Hamilton I mean he could if obviously if Hamilton lose Kilmarnock win it's then a point between them Hamilton and Kelly are, are almost identical in that they've got one performance in them. But of course, they, what, this would be dragged in as well. Yeah, and what, what Hamilton and Kelly in. don't have is any semblance of, of consistency. It's an interesting insight last week when Martin Canning says, the pressure's off the players, I'm not going to build these games up to be anything other than a 90-minute game of football. So you put that to Lee Clark, who explodes, and said, uh, who is Martin Canning? What are his big, big game credentials? I thought it was a bit disrespectful that, to be honest, if I can borrow a, uh, a Mark Warburton phrase. I, I thought it was a bit harsh, but nevertheless, it's... it's it was, but it know? shows you the contrasting approaches because Lee Clark has piled the pressure on his players. He's talked about job cuts, how they're playing to keep people in employment, and you can't really you can't really put any more on a player's shoulders than, than that. So we'll, we'll see which strategy pays off. I still think Kilmarnock will finish second ball. I think Aki's all limp over the line. 
and Thistle should be too good to, to be dragged in. I think it's great business for them today to get Alan Archibald in a new three-year deal because he might have been another candidate. For- Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Alan Archibald kind of operates under the radar a little, doesn't he? You know, there are other managers with bigger profiles. You know, there may be other managers, again, with the greatest respect to Alan, that maybe talk about a game. They're maybe a bit more interesting to listen to. But nevertheless, he... He does a solid job at Partick Thistle. I think he's such a humble guy that he has no time at all for, for singing his own praises. A wee bit like, like Robbie Nielsen at Hearts. You'll never hear him trumpeting his own success. You never come away from a Partick Thistle game thinking they look disorganised. They're always well drilled. He routinely does well with them, despite not really having great resources or, or a striker to pick from. So no, I think he really is a, a promising touchline talent. I think he'll go beyond Thistle in time when someone wakes up to how good he is. Where do you stand in terms of what Hamilton bring to the top flight? Because there's a lot of people feel, what do they bring? They've got no fans. We'd rather see Kilmarnock stay up, Partick stay up than Hamilton. Is that is that unfair? Or, you know, do Hamilton contribute enough to the top flight? I've never really understood the, the supporter argument unless you're going on balance sheet alone. If you've got 20 people that routinely turn up to support their team, are they worth any less than 20,000 people that turn up? They're all, they're all football fans at the end of the day. If, if Aki stay up, they'll be there on merit again, and I think I think fair play to them. You can't talk about Leicester being this great underdog story and then moan that clubs simply with greater numbers of supporters are in the Championship. I must admit, I, I'm with you to a degree in that, Kenny. I, I tend to think that football needs stories like Leicester, it needs stories like Hamilton, because it's just a constant reminder that it's not always the big clubs with the vast sums that deliver. Most of the time they do, but we still need that element where there's a shock, there's a fa- uh, this cliched fairy tale story. We, we need that in football. We do. I was particularly inspired by Leicester during the week so much so that I went and I dug out the copy of Shot at Glory, watched uh, Kilnocky's brave run to the, the Scottish Cup final, which ultimately ended in failure. I think that's a yellow card, Kenny. I mean, I think you've taken that too far, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, have, you seen, have you watched the show? I have, yes, I have, yeah. Aye. It's it, worth it, digging out this week, folks. No, it's, it's somewhere that I know cannot be retrieved. <laughs> like Sunsport on Facebook for all the Scottish football latest. We're talking about Hibs. We, we look across the capital, Kenny, Hearts hosting Ross County. You've been talking to Anne Budge this week. It seems to me that Anne Budge hasn't put a stiletto out of place if you pardon the pun I mean, she's, you know, she's not put a foot wrong it seems since she's come in it's been major PR positive stories 
clearly the, the, the incident at the weekend with the Celtic ticket fiasco at their way end was a negative for them but I mean overall do you just see hearts going from strength to strength at the moment? The thing I like about Anne Budge is that she doesn't sugarcoat anything if she has to criticise something within her own club whether it's the supporters or their systems or their performance she does it she's just a straight talker and you're 100% right I can't think of anything she said that I've, I've disagreed with what she's done with the stadium redevelopment is it's nothing short of incredible considering what they inherited to where hearts are now she's a great support for Robbie Nielsen and, and Craig Levine she's a steady hand on the on the till and I only see hearts going from, from strength to strength and it was reassuring to hear her say we're going to spend 12 million on the stadium but it's not going to impact on Robbie Nielsen's budget so hearts are very very lucky to have her I mean you know, when, when you think about the chaos, the absolute chaos and shambles of the, the setup behind the scenes prior to Anne coming in and taking a control and staking it, I mean, it's just been a, an incredible outbreak of stability now, isn't it? I mean, look what the difference it makes to the club. You I know? think the plan for Anne Bunch was to come in for a period of time and then to pass the club on to the Foundation of Hearts. Now, they have done a great job financing a lot of what Anne Budge has done, and this might go against the grain for a lot of people. I'm not 100% in support of ownership models. I think if you can get somebody like Anne Budge, then she is the ticket. She's what you, you stay with, not necessarily a, a democratic system, which mm. is maybe, maybe unfashionable and the wrong thing to say. I just think you hold on to her for uh, as long as you can, and hearts are, hearts are only going to go one way. And she is utterly convinced that they can improve bit by bit to, to challenge she's not in this to make up the numbers I think the whole PR image of Hearts the transformation in it and, and how people now look at Hearts over the last two years is quite is quite something I mean it's impressive there's a lot of things that Anne Budge has introduced you know there's a garden of remembrance they're talking about a museum the stadium plans I mean the, the shut sponsorship you know, which they, they, they put to charity. Tremendous. You know, it's just a different club now. It's also the best place in Scotland to go and watch football and the supporters deserve credit for packing that stadium out. A lot of clubs have fans that talk about supporting a club in their darkest hour. The Hearts fans actually produced... Outstanding. Yeah. They produced, they put their money where their mouth is. You had kids turning up with piggy banks and emptying them in the, in the club shop. So, no, I think uh, I credit all around there. They're more or less sold out every home game, that's the thing as well. So, you know, Anne Budge has created something and people have just bought into it and, and she's leading them so well. The one aspect I think about Anne Budge is that for all our success at Hearts, the top people running our game almost are still kind of keeping her at arm's length. She can get on to, to me, the, 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 the major committees or the board where she clearly has an ambition for. Should she, in time, be accepted in there? She should be on already. I, I can understand why they're wary of having her involved because she's transparent and she calls a spade a spade, so it might upset the established order of things. Mm. I think it's only a matter of time. I, I think people like her and, and Leanne Dempster and a, a handful of others should have a, a far bigger say because I rarely disagree with anything they, they say. It's just common sense and sometimes Scottish football's lacking in that. Keep bang up to date with Scottish football by following Sun Sport on Twitter. <laughs> We look at Dundee, Paul Hartley continues to do a very good job, albeit there's major disappointment they haven't made the top six. Do you see Paul Hartley continuing to improve Dundee? Do you see, again, although they're in the bottom six, do you still see a kind of upward climb for Dundee under Paul Hartley at the moment? Dundee obviously must shoot themselves in the foot off the pitch, so assuming he continues to get the financial backing, I can only see them improving, purely because Paul Hartley works so hard, again, at the recruitment side of things. You always see him at games always hear of him inquiring or speaking to agents Paul McGinn's a player that's gone under the radar this season, uh, a less than glamorous signing from Dumbarton mm -hmm. and he's a standout every single week and I know Dundee are struggling to hold on to him but 
Greg Stewart Cowden Beef, Kane Hemmings Cowden Beef. Paul Hartley will continue to do well because he works hard on a lot of people. He's got an eye for a player. Well, we were speaking earlier with Mitchell Park Linen's recruitment record, and recruitment is huge. Whether you've got a big budget, small budget, it's an eye for a player, and, and clearly Paul Hartley does have an eye for a player. You know, if you if you could if you turned around to most football fans and said we can give you Florence Cinema Pongo with his Liverpool CV, or we can give you this this kid, this twenty three year old kid from Cowden Beef, there's a lot of punters would take Cinema Pongo just based on his CV and mm. a bit of glamour Hartley's got the guts to say no I'm going to go for the Cowden Beef boy and I'm going to play him in the first team and now they've got an asset worth what, seven figures Motherwell and Johnson Kenny now both obviously you know established in the top six now eh, after the split but you know they're in a keen fight to finish fourth and the difference between fourth and fifth big money for them you know and they play each other on Saturday that's a good game it's worth maybe what another player's salary depending on where you, mm. you finish I was going to say it's not often but it probably is quite often that I get it completely wrong so I'll I'll hold my hands up genuinely thought Motherwell were going to be sucked into a relegation scrap and I wondered if Mark McGee would tough it out there because I'd been at a couple of games earlier this season where it was so poisonous from the supporters towards him and they were overwhelmingly in favour of him coming back he's done really well I thought this might be one rebuild at St Johnston too far for Tommy Wright, given how his hands were tied. And he Are these advanced forecasts that have gone wrong, Kenny? So, I mean, is this affecting our confidence in your previously stating like, forecast? Like, you know? like Anne Budge, I'm 100% transparent. So if I'm if I'm going to make an edit for myself, I'll I'll hold my hands up to it before someone else points it out. So yeah, I got I got uh, I got Mother once St Johnston spectacularly wrong as well. So you can take these forecasts with a pinch of salt. <laughs> Just a rent a quote. We go to. Sunday's game, Celtic Aberdeen, let's face it, Celtic are champions. Officially, no. There's only the 35 goal difference. They need a point, Celtic, to formally complete it. 12.30 kick-off, you can be sure Aberdeen would love nothing better than to make another statement and beat Celtic for a third time this season. Do you see that happening? I don't know. I think Celtic will will get this one over the line and a bit like we were talking about with Dundee United earlier, I can see Celtic turning in a performance now. They did it last week. Just think the pressure's off slightly now, and I think they'll want to make a statement. They've also got a new manager to impress because whoever the new manager is for Celtic, you can bet he'll be watching um, and, and judging. I thought Celtic were good at Hearts, Kenny. I was I was there myself, and quite often you can tell with a team with an opening five minutes, whether they're at it, so to speak. And Celtic were at it. You know they were aggressive, they were harrying, they were pressing. You could see they were motivated to get that job done. You think that's a key factor? This this thought that a potential new manager is keeping an eye on them just now. Do you think that is a that's in the minds of the players? It certainly should be. I mean, Celtic are so big a club that it shouldn't take that, but it must be going through the minds of people like Scott Brown or a Charlie McGrew who's out of contract. Talk about him every week. Kieran Tierney's the leader of that team, and he's 18 years old. I mean, you. you you cannot say any more about that boy. He plays like a supporter in the best in the best way possible. He's good defensively. He's good pushing forward. His attitude is uh, impeccable, and he's won a clutch of awards this week. He he sets the standards, and I think he will moving forward as well. It's a good point you make, Kenny, about his his attitude once a game starts. I, I was at the PFA Scotland Awards dinner on, on Sunday night, and uh, you know Tierney quite rightly won Young Player of the Year. And you look at him; he's still got the braces. He walks about like a, you know, he actually looks younger, you know, he's 18, 19, but he looks like 14 with the braces and the way he carries himself. But the minute a game starts, he's as competitive as anyone. What I like about him also, Kenny, I don't know if you agree or not, he's a throwback for a fullback. He loves a tackle. He really does love a tackle. He, he goes into it with real interest. Ronnie Dyla mentioned that earlier in the season, how fullbacks now are all about bombing forward and 
people almost don't have the will to improve the defensive side of their games. So you're 100% right. He is defensively sound, and that's what's going to get him his, his big move at, at some point. I just think he's fearless. Same same qualities as Andy Robertson has, and that nothing seems to phase him. And I also like other, other stuff you hear about him, like him and, him and Aidan Nesbitt supporting a food bank, and they had no, no intention of putting pictures up on social media, didn't want the story to come out in the papers, but they were, they were doing their bit privately. And everything you hear about Kieran Tierney is positive. He's a, he's a great ambassador for Celtic. As I say, he's the leader of that team and he's 18 years old. That's, that's a positive and a negative for Celtic. I mean, so often we hear about a modern-day fullback. They're great going forward, but they can't defend. But here we have a kid who hates a winger getting the better of him. That is, that is the fun. First and foremost, he snuffs out the winger. And if after that, he can then support the attack. Great, all well and good. He takes responsibility, basically. Kenny... Some uh, bold forecasts, some great opinions. Thanks very much indeed. My pleasure, Derek.